Early breakfast, 7.02 this morning. That's right, with you until 6 a.m. Before we hand on over to Bungani Bingwe and the breakfast team, Niklas Bauer keeping you company. Until then, remember, hit me up on WhatsApp, 072-702-1702. And you can also send us an SMS, 31702. And uh, don't forget, hit me up on Twitter as well, at Niklas Bauer on Twitter.com. Time now to talk about the uh, non particular symptoms or non-common symptoms uh, that you uh, get when it comes to COVID-19. Dr. Audrey Koch, specialist physician and president of both the International Society for Internal Medicine as well as the Faculty of Consulting Physicians of South Africa, joining us now. Good morning to you and happy Monday, Dr. Koch. Hi, good morning, Nicholas. So so what are the most common, uncommon symptoms? I know COVID-19, the disease that you get from the coronavirus, is most commonly associated with uh, cough, shortness of breath, and essentially respiratory problems. Yeah, so this is quite a different virus to what we used to, and uh, there are many people that present with symptoms such as diarrhea and vomiting, and interesting uh, loss of smell and taste. And then we've had uh, patients, not, not yet in South Africa, many that we know of, that present with um, features of uh, a heart attack. In some instances, uh, there's been some patients that presented with a stroke um, and other evidence of uh, clotting, which has been an unusual presentation of this virus. Now, now I know that that has been um, reported across the world as these non-common uh, presentations of disease alongside COVID-19, pulmonary disease and strokes, as you just mentioned. How common is that in South Africa? We've been lucky in the fact that we haven't been overwhelmed by the disease as of yet, uh, with uh, over 400 people having lost their lives, still an, a, a terrible pandemic that will deal with uh, the nation in its own specific way. But how often have we seen these uncommon symptoms in cases here at home in South Africa? So we've not seen as many um, of these cases in South Africa, so it's much more rare um, in the patients so far, but it could just be that we haven't seen enough um, of patients that that have presented. So the difficulty is that, you know, the the severe cases are um, a few. So most of the patients actually have some symptoms, they get better, and they carry on and and, uh, they have no uh, long-term risk from it. Um, The the few patients that uh, were this exacerbated, now when I say few, obviously uh, 400 people having passed away uh, is a significant number. So, um, But in the context of more than 11,000 people testing positive, you can see the ratio uh, really doesn't, uh, in, in a sense, just explains that. The difficulty is that the patients that have a severe illness, unfortunately, you can't always predict. So we have to take every single patient that presents to us as being um, possibly a severe patient until we see the patient's progress and how they how they um, actually develop in their in their disease. Some may also just present with uh, features of uh, confusion, um, especially in older patients. They can just become um, disorientated and so any new symptoms or anything that is unusual one has to just act on it immediately um, also in, in in our setting there's been a few patients with um, HIV for example and TB that have presented with the disease but 
uh, very, very much fewer than we would have expected up to now. But as you know, in the Western Cape, this is definitely ramping up. And in other areas, there's some hot spots across the country. So I think it, it is just important that people are aware of this and to be careful of any new symptoms. They have to just take this very, very seriously. So we've warned our general practitioners, especially as they may be seeing the patients first, just to be on the lookout for any unusual symptoms and just to keep COVID in mind as a possible explanation, although, of course, other diseases happen as well. Dr. Audrey Cork, live on the line there, specialist physician talking to us about the uncommon, common symptoms uh, that are associated with COVID-19, the disease that's caused by the coronavirus. Any questions that you have for Dr. Cork, drop us a line now, 011-883-0702. The uh, lines are open. See us standing by to take your call. Otherwise, uh, WhatsApp voice notes to 072-702-1702. We were very, very worried at the beginning of this global crisis, the global pandemic that is COVID-19, doctor, uh, because of our high caseload of HIV in South Africa, we've got uh, the highest number of people living with HIV as part of the uh, entire population in the world. How is this uncommon symptoms of COVID-19 being affected by COVID, uh, by comorbidities like HIV and indeed cancer and diabetes as well? So these, um, what we call comorbidities, so any underlying condition that affects your immune system, of course, uh, could put you at risk of any viral infection. But of course, uh, COVID being so aggressive, uh, this is definitely a situation where they have to be very careful. So if a person living with HIV is well controlled uh, on the ARVs and their CD4 counters is good and their viral load is suppressed, they really have no extra risk of developing uh, COVID than any other person. Uh, the same with people with diabetes. Um, people with cancer, for example, on, on immune suppression therapy, again, has to be particularly careful. And then patients with any cardiovascular disease, people with kidney, chronic kidney disease, um, any one of those are people that can be at risk of developing uh, COVID. And of course, it could have a more aggressive um, development in, in those patients. So uh, we just warn people with those diseases to be particularly careful. And again, if they are controlled, um, there's no additional risk really for them. um, And they can very easily survive the the, the, the disease. It doesn't have to be, um, it doesn't have to be a deadly progress in them. Um, The difficulty comes when people are older and they also have comorbidities. Then, of course, they they are particularly... um, uh, more reasonably expected to, to have a severe progression of this disease. So in those patients, we want them to be particularly careful, and especially people living with the older pa- uh, uh, folks, for example, have to just take care and, and ensure that they try and avoid them having um, any community exposure as much as possible. And, of course, the masks, the hand washing, the, the cough etiquette, all of these are just absolutely critical in trying to prevent this disease from spreading to those patients who are at risk. Dr. Koch with us here, specialist physician on early breakfast, talking to us about the uncommon symptoms associated with COVID-19. It's a virus primarily affecting the upper airways and then the lungs, uh, commonly associated with respiratory disease. Uh, I suppose the scariest thing about uh, 
the coronavirus pandemic at this point in time, Doctor, is that we we just simply don't have the answers, right? And uh, the virus hasn't mutated to a point where um, researchers that are, are trying to develop a vaccine are are uh, you know, lost the the march towards a vaccine. I'm I'm told is gathering momentum, but the fact of the matter yeah. is is that there's far many questions. There's far more questions than answers at this stage when it comes to COVID nineteen. Yeah, I think the the difficulty has been that there's no specific treatment. So again, um, some patients, especially the the international exp- um, uh, experience, has been that some patients just have this absolutely rapid progression of the disease, and that's where the uh, very high death rate has come from. Um, I think the the more we understand, of course, we we in a way lucky because we have had time to prepare better and we've had time to understand uh, lots of what's been experienced overseas we now know doesn't work. Uh, We know what are some of the interventions that, that will work. Um, if we get the patients early enough, and I think this is absolutely crucial, that patients shouldn't delay to, to seek medical attention uh, should they have any symptoms that, um, that they're not sure of, rather check it out. It's a simple swap in a way um, that, that they do to diagnose if you're positive. If you're then positive, again, one just has a, a, a sort of an early start to look at what is uh, possible symptoms to look for. We look for a high fever. Uh, do you have any shortness of breath? Um, is there a, 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 a lack of oxygen? And some people actually buy a pulse oximeter, which is a little machine that you put on your finger. Um, I think they cost a, a very little amount at, at any of the pharmacies. And you can measure your oxygen percentage to know if you if you are uh, if your oxygen percentage is, is adequate or not, so any oxygen percentage below a ninety, we would uh, be extremely concerned about that. That person should get to a hospital as quickly as possible. That's and that's of people, course been a, another worrying uh, development when it comes to the treatment of COVID nineteen. Is that so many patients arrive in uh, the emergency room uh, first? developing these breathing problems but when doctors put on uh uh you know, put on put on uh, uh ox- the yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> that's the word i'm looking for apologies my uh, Oxygen. uh oxygenator yes yeah exactly my uh, my my uh, level of layman medicine um coming through yeah. there but when they have you know finally measured the oxygen levels of a patient uh doctors have been astounded by the fact that you know this patient is still uh, compass mentis, scrolling on their phones and ostensibly uh, fine when it would seem that they should be gasping for air. Yeah, so I think our, our understanding there is also now improved, <clears throat> especially with some of the um, unfortunately post-mortem examination. So the patients present with uh, little clots in blood vessels and it starts in the lung. And this is why they have this... Um, risk of clotting in, in all the organs, which then can pro- progress to organ failure. So if you have uh, any comorbidities, <clears throat> apologies, this is exactly why uh, comorbidities are such a risk, that anything that affects your blood vessels will put you at risk of these uh, the small clots that form. And um, it seems to be generated from the virus uh, attaching to the lung tissue. It's also important from that side that uh, one of the early treatments is a high dose oxygen and we also give um, a medication that thins the blood 
to try and avoid this clotting of the, 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 the blood um, that occurs in the lung, that starts in the lung and then can affect all the other uh, organ systems. So, and, and that's where the strokes and the heart attacks, for example, come from. So we have um, really just encouraged people that if they have um, any kind of these symptoms with the shortness of breath, of course, we can't flood the hospitals. It's still important to, to if you can at all, do the swap first, uh, get that done because it does take a few hours to get a result. Um, but again, if there's any kind of um, increased symptoms, rather just to get, uh, get to a facility where they can get help, and then uh, then one can intervene from there. Any questions for Dr. Audrey Cook? Give it uh, a call now, 011-883-0702, talking about the common, uncommon symptoms of COVID-19. Before I get to a question about conjunctivitis, pink eye being a symptom of COVID-19 or indeed COVID toes is uh, what uh, doctors have uh, labeled uh, swollen toes as being a symptom of COVID-19 um, uh, thus far. What about this idea that you can not necessarily home test for COVID-19, but if you can hold your breath for 10 seconds without gasping, uh, it should be some sort of uh, indication that your, your lungs are at least functioning. Yeah, I think there's a lot of misinformation, unfortunately, and really you can't go on that kind of uh, really simple testing. You know, you've got to have really objective tests. Um, you, that that again is, uh, you know, it's, there's really a lot of misinformation that goes around. So I don't think that that would apply at all. I think I can sometimes be related to the uh, mask that people do wear. Um, people still touch their, their faces. And so, again, the hand hygiene is extremely important. And um, we, we've not seen much of it, but, again, it is something that can occur and it's easily treatable. So that shouldn't be a long-term problem. And what about COVID-2, uh, the, the symptom that doctors in the USA have, uh, have dubbed COVID-2 with people presenting with swollen toes or, or pink or purple toes uh, in emergency rooms? Well, this is, again, the little uh, blood vessel clots that we speak of. And, again, it's, it's usually people that have comorbidities, especially people who are smokers and they have uh, blockages of the small blood vessels to their feet. Um, they sometimes have pain when they walk, for example. And uh, this is, again, related to the little blood vessels that get blocked off. So you basically get a lack of oxygen to that area. And that's what causes the, the blueness or the, the toe that's swollen. Um, the other interesting presentation has been in children overseas, not yet in South Africa, of this uh, so-called Kawasaki disease where they have this rash um, that the children present with. But again, only a few patients and only in some countries have reported that. We've not seen that in South Africa as far as I'm aware to date. Now, uh, you mentioned the elephant in the room, smokers being a little bit more at risk when it comes to circulation and when it comes to COVID-19. Uh, I, I don't want to put you in between a rock and a hard place, but what's your take on the ongoing smoking ban? Look, I think um, the black market is one on this one, unfortunately. Um, you know, the, the smokers will get their cigarettes from somewhere. Um, so I think it, it has limited some people's exposure to smoking, but unfortunately, 
I don't think it's gone anywhere near to the point where it stopped people from smoking. We still encourage our patients to, to stop smoking. It's absolutely crucial in any case, not just in the COVID crisis. Um, we've not seen that there's been any um, uh, abnormal risk in smokers except for people who do have chronic lung disease. So there, there, there's an obvious risk. And if, again, they could have a more serious um, form of the disease uh, if it does affect them. And then it becomes more difficult to ventilate them because they, the oxygen uh, exchange in their body is already limited. So, um, yeah, smoking is just a no-no in, in any case. But, I, yeah, it's difficult to know whether the ban on smoking has had um, much of an impact because of the black market availability. Um, unfortunately, my patients um, definitely have been able to find uh, cigarettes. I'm not sure how, how it works, but they seem to be able to find cigarettes very easily. Now, the head of the uh, 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 committee that's advising government in its response to the coronavirus, uh, Dr. Karim, mentioned that South Africa is a slightly puzzling case, right? We were one of the very first countries, I think the only country that went into lockdown without a single death from the coronavirus. But he's, he spoke about South Africa possibly having this sort of mojo uh, when it comes to our levels of infection and the fact that we haven't seen a massive spike. Do you think that there's any medical reason for that, that we can you know, draw a conclusion from at this point in time? Or do we just solely put this down to the fact that we went into early lockdown and we did manage initially to flatten the curve? Yeah, I, I think the early lockdown really was the secret. If you look at uh, New Zealand, for example, they've had the same experience as, as Australia. Um, the difficulty is as the lockdown is lifted again, one would have to see how the disease progresses or not. If you see what's happening in the Western Cape at the moment, again, um, this is an area where there's more visitors, there's more um, overseas visitors especially. Um, you, you know, the, the numbers are ramping up very rapidly. So uh, it, I think it's early days to say that we have a certain mojo. Um, what is interesting that we have, um, uh, on the numbers that the NCID has, has given us, that there are more uh, women in South Africa that's affected than uh, on the death rate side than men, where overseas 78 to 80% of the mortalities or the deaths were in men, um, which, is, which is an interesting fact because uh, the, the H2 receptor in the lung is, is in a higher concentration in men, and that seems to be the reason for the higher risk in men. Um, whereas in South Africa, so far, it's more women uh, that, that's been affected um, as far as the death rate is concerned. So there are definitely differences. Um, but again, I think we, we have to just continue to be vigilant, plan for a definite surge. And again, it's very difficult to predict it, but the, the best thing we can do is just to be as careful as possible. Lockdown can't last forever. And this virus is not going to disappear in a month or two, which we hoped it would. Unfortunately, it's going to be with us for some time. I think the vaccine development is, is, is advanced, and I've seen some reports that there could be a vaccine with good immune response uh, developed now uh, recently. Uh, I saw a report yesterday, so um, hopefully that will prove to be effective. And again, one would have to see in the long run um, whether it can actually prevent um, a disease or not.
I suppose now more than ever, we need to take that responsibility upon ourselves. The president, of course, making that announcement yesterday, we're moving to lockdown level three. By no stretch of the imagination has the virus you left us uh, and and the president saying that it's very much in our hands now because the COVID-19 pandemic is going to get far worse in South Africa before it gets any better, doctor. Unfortunately, that is correct. And, you know, I think um, there, there are always people that say this is all, you know, don't worry about it and it's all nonsense and somebody's conjured up this disease, etc. I really don't think that those people uh, watch the news to see how this virus has decimated uh, medical systems around the world. We've had contact with our international colleagues, and I can tell you that they are flat on the ground um, after this is now improving in their countries. But the effect it's had on them has been absolutely dreadful. And I don't think that we will escape it. So, you know, we have to be prepared. We are doing our best as far as uh, our, our experts, uh, people like Dr. Gray, Professor Gray and Dr. Mardi, that give us an idea of the extent of the, 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 the concerns that we should have. Uh, Professor Karim, that have given us good insights into what to expect. And again, the predictions from them is, is just something that we have to be prepared for. And we have to ensure that our medical system is as prepared as possible. Um, I'm in private practice, and as a private physician, we are doing our utmost to uh, develop also a cooperation with the uh, public sector to ensure that we can uh, give the best possible service to the country that we can. Uh, The same for the hospital groups. Um, I think as much as possible, uh, everybody is really trying to ensure that they are prepared and that they can give the best possible service to uh, to our countrymen. So, Dr. Cork, drive the point home for us in some very practical advice. As we move into lockdown level three, alcohol is going to be permitted for sale for personal use. Are you going to be running out and enjoying a bribe with your family, with your friends, a couple of beers over a fire? I think if you are a person that uh, loves your family, your friends, you're going to continue to be careful. Uh, The virus is not gone from our country and we have to be vigilant. We have to just continue to keep social distancing. I would really just um, implore people to continue wearing their masks, to be absolutely careful with uh, hand hygiene, especially any surface that you touch and and even uh, handing of paper, for example, that you make sure that you then disinfect your hands. Um, And if you do have meetings with family and friends, keep it small, make sure that there's a social distancing, and just to be um, cognizant of the fact that you could be the person spreading it to somebody else and take that responsibility seriously. The time for complacency is definitely not now. Dr. Audrey Cork, specialist physician, joining us on Early Breakfast.